uh, this is Nathan from Behemoth Comics, and you're listening to the C-List Villains Podcast. Welcome again to another episode of the C-List Villains Podcast, your cultivators of the comic culture. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm joined with Eman, Luke, and Red, and today we've got a special guest. We've got Nathan Yoakum. He's one of the co-founders of Behemoth Comics. Yeah. Welcome, Nathan. Welcome, Nathan. Nathan. Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks what for up, joining man? us, man. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be here. How's your uh, day going, your weekend? Mm. Busy. We um I was saying like I was saying to you guys earlier, but um basically like on Friday, Friday hit, we're like, we're done. We got nothing left to do. And then also we got an email from like Simon Schuster. They're like, hey, you guys haven't done this. And we're like, okay. And they're like, <laughs> Monday. Like, all right, <laughs> shit, all right. So, yeah, all weekend has been doing that, and then like we start remembering other things, and now it's like so it's just another the, weekend, though. You're the owner of a company, but you still have a boss, you're telling me, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's spot on. Yeah, Diamond's my boss, Simon Schuster's my boss, occasionally Ryan's my boss too, and he's my business partner, but you know, occasionally, yeah, no, it, it's um, yeah, you have like grand illusions whenever you start something, and it's like, no, it's totally different. You got bosses. <laughs> I'm and finding that's, it out very quickly. Yeah. That that was one thing I wanted to um, ask you about because I saw in a previous interview, um, your partner, uh, Ryan, he's more of the comic book guy. And then mm-hmm. you guys both started off in video games, correct? Right, right. Yeah. I worked in the video game industry. I think um, th- that was good times though. I mean, that, that's like kind of what we were more into. But um, you know over there like long hours everything you get burned out really easy i think most most work weeks over there are like 60 70 hours sometimes they can boom up to 80 and 90 and it's just you got to be doing what you love but i think you soon like i was talking to somebody else uh, one of the video games were licensing and i was talking to those guys who they work at another big company and one of the things they were saying was same thing like you have these dreams of like working on these big properties right these properties you play and then as soon as you work on it you forget that like Oh, I'm working on that property that that goes away because it's like you're working 80 90 hours and you're doing the things you didn't realize you have to do and it's like so that industry it was um I don't want to say it's an illusion but it's just more like once you got over there it was like it was quick to get burnt out and want to do something else and like, like you said Ryan's into comics and so I just kind of followed him to get away from what I was doing <laughs> so was was it a was it easy to get convinced into getting to comics since you're not much of a you weren't really a reader before yeah, uh, I mean, the video game, I mean, the easiest way to convince somebody is money. So, like, when it came down to the video games, the, those are typically the budgets over there are a million, five million, 10 million, 15 million. And so, um, when you come over here and it's like, okay, well, we can make a graphic novel for like 15,000, it's like, tell me more. And so <laughs> it was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. And I was like, I will sign wherever you need me to sign. And it was just, it was a much easier thing than the stress um and like you said but kind of being this whole world i wasn't into it it made it something where there was so much to discover the history um the creators like different regions comics are different in france than they are over here so much to discover licensed comics it was just fun so that's why we jump all in could you give like a brief history of like how it came about like the, the a short I guess story of how you guys formed Behemoth and to to get to the point where it's at right now. Yeah, we 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 founded under the name Revolver, um, and then 
we realized that's probably not a good thing. There's another, there's a magazine called Revolver and um, they, they, they're print publications. And so we're like, whenever we were going into the system, looking up uh, trademarks, we're like, yeah, can't do that. So we had like, I think at that time we had submitted to Diamond or pretty quick, we had submitted to Diamond and we were like, we got to come up with a name within like 48 hours. And so our thing, cause it took us like a year to get to the name Revolver. So we're like, if we got to come up with a name in 48 hours, we, we like panicked and we're like, so we gotta like, when we send this off to Diamond, we get into Diamond, like we have to have something. And so we went to a font website and I remember we were going through like trying to find a font and then there was a font called Behemoth. And we were like, okay, that's it. <laughs> we're, we're Behemoth now. And so it was just that. And yeah, and then not the font though. Yeah, we didn't use the font, the font. No, it was, we, we used something else. I think we used like Monster Night or something. And then, um, yeah, but that was it, man. Like 48 hours later, you had a new name uh like got into diamond and like the rest is history very exciting futures like we're picking up books like crazy we have some of the license titles it's like all almost overnight um happening like picking up books and creators and um and just moving ahead and then uh of course COVID. and then once COVID happens that was our first catalog we sent off our titles in january march is the print catalog the end of march is when diamond shuts down so very first months in that catalog um we don't get sales we get nothing diamond like even refunds us for our ads that we ran and everything and like it all comes back and they're like nothing and so it took till like i think july before we got our first sales and that was for a book called the osiris path and um which was our first title and um sales started rough and getting that and then coming to where we are now where sales are literally like 10 debatably like 15 times that it's crazy it's it's been it's been a whirlwind and that's all like nine months basically since wow. um that shut down so. and well, it's a trip Erica, we're we're hungry for new creative content right oh yeah yeah, like, yeah. We're not going anywhere we're not going out to movies so we're hungry for things we can consume at home mm -hmm. and it just kind of in many ways what would have been a curse has ended up being a blessing for you Dude, it's, it's so weird i was talking to uh ross ritchie at um comics pro he's the uh he's not the president of boom he's the founder of boom and I, I was talking to him and that's the one thing he said and and it is a very similar thing that you know when people right now like you have a lot of publishers that are struggling and he says you know you, you had the plan you had everything he says strike like while it's hot go forward push forward yeah. and he says people want stuff it, it you know as a publisher certain publishers don't have the ability to push but it doesn't mean the consumers you know don't want it so he said right. you know push and so that's what we're doing it's working and, and that's very true because um we're talking to you know i talked to some people in the community and of course there's the big two we got the the two big right. guys right at the very top Oh, yeah. But a lot of the people that I talk to, they they all hunt and they all thrive for that indie book, that next yeah. indie book that's going to look and and feel great in their hands and read amazingly. Like totally. AJ said earlier, Necromorphous is something that he introduced me to. Man, that's a fantastic book. It's a brand new book. It's a new property. It's got a new story. And we can, you know, proceed forward as fans and enjoy something new in this time when we can't go out and watch our stories. Now we can stay at home and actually read a bunch of them and really truly enjoy all these new creative thoughts that happen right in, right in front of us. And so, yeah. yeah, Ross Ritchie's right, man. We want something now here in front of us and you guys are doing it. I appreciate it. And ne Necromorph, it's funny you say that, it's got a TV series coming. We actually recently got a deal with that and um, big network too. 
I uh, can't say who it is, obviously, but um, pretty soon that I guess it'll be announced. And so that's cool. So that even shows even Hollywood when, you know, times are kind of rough over there, they're still wanting stuff as well. And especially a, an indie comic book series like that, crazy. So hold on to those four behind you, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's first right. what, what, wait, hold yeah, on, what four? Wait, too. what are you talking about? I, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing over here. Yeah, what's your address? <laughs> like, okay. All right, so you heard that here, guys. Get your number one necromorphoses, or don't let AJ and I get them, and you guys can go ahead and sit down and, and watch us be happy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, we don't even have those, so. I'm, I'm about to figure out your. I'm about to come over there. Oh, I uh, I'm I'm from the East Coast. That's uh, oh, okay. Where right. this, <laughs> not in California whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's um it's crazy though. Stuff like that, and like you said, people are they just want content right now, and so it's it's what started out as like um an absolute you know atrocity and like the worst thing that could happen to somebody like us, and of course the world in general. It's obviously. For many people, it's awful. But um, for us, it was you know a terrifying time for more reasons than one. You know, you don't launch a company during a global pandemic, but we yeah. did, and um, I don't know. Somehow it worked out, and you know, we're we're very very happy. <laughs> so. When you guys started Behemoth Comics, because it doesn't see it seems as though um, you guys didn't have like I guess the 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 comic book contacts. So how were you guys able to find like these creators? Did you just I I um there was there was me Ryan and two two creators that were local that were writers that wanted to um, just like write comics and I gave everybody the idea to basically on Facebook add five thousand people there's a limit to add five thousand on Facebook and I said so like I said once you find like a hundred and like people within the comic book industries like I was like go to the front cover of this boom book go search the writer, Adam, go search the artist on this book, Adam. And I said, like, once you add a hundred or maybe 200, whatever it was, like your people you may know section is just comic book yeah. writers, comic book artists, uh, person that works at Boom, person that works at DC. And it was a weird thing. It's just the way the algorithm works. But I, I noticed it after doing it for like a month and I was like, hey, you guys do this too. So we all added like 5,000 people. And I think there was like four of us that added 5,000 and a lot of us had different people as well. And so we had like, it would be 20, but it'd probably be a lot of uh, similar ones. So like 10,000 original people. And so like our idea was bouncing off of each other. It was like, this person would find this artist. This person would find this writer. This person would find this publisher at this company that we could ask a question about Diamond and stuff. So like, it just became like this perfect uh, sphere of like knowledge on Facebook. Weird thing, but that's how we virtually got to where we are. By the oh, way, man. that also works on Instagram. Guys, that's how we got to our first thousand followers in less mm -hmm. than a month because that's what I was yeah. doing. <laughs> I was spamming yeah. everyone and then I was checking to see who they followed and it just totally worked. So, Dude, you're spot on. It sucks. It's not fun, but um, you, you grow your audience that way. You got to do it. And um, yeah, you guys, you guys are booming fast, man. It's cool. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. We're trying. Oh, wow, We're wow. Trying. That's, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> We're booming fast coming from the CEO of a behemoth. Or, wow. Don't, we got to well, respect, guys. It's just, we all started that. I mean, Sela started because of, because of the shutdown in July. And even my comic book business started booming. I was a teacher. Then I got fired for, you know, for reasons. And... I fell ass backwards into selling comics and now here we are, right? It's like we're right. all just a product of the world turning upside down and it's, are you going to take, um, make something good out of it or are you going to like just 
die. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You have to make the best out of a, a bad scenario. And um, because we find ourselves there a lot. And of course, certainly this was like the worst scenario, like the worst thing that could happen. Like you talk about Luke, even like with your job and stuff, like a lot of people face that as well. And it's just, um, just like you, you know, made the best out of a bad scenario. So it's awesome to see where we all are. It's, you, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, I love it because these guys, especially these C-listers, AJ and Red and E-Man, like they've actually become my friends. And and um, we're talking about like how we're going to grow it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a really exciting time. It really is for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and it's only getting better too. Like as things kind of get back into the, um, the fray, you know, so it, it's, it's cool to take advantage of what's otherwise an awful time and um you know certainly a few months from now who knows where all of us will be yeah do you guys intentionally look for artists that were not in america like more foreign artists because it was cheaper um, <laughs> well not cheaper but maybe those properties um that they've got were completely different and maybe those are sources that people like other companies in the US weren't really tapping into. Yeah, well, it was weird, like with Brazil, like we noticed that, that um, I don't know if it was Necromorphous, I think it may have been Gabriel. There was there was a few other people over there that I think we reached out to first, but they had, um, again, just from adding people on Facebook that we'd come across um, like a book and we were like, wait, why is this not published in the US? And so we picked that up and they'd like, well, let me introduce you to my friend. And we're like, wait, why is this not published in the US? Yeah. And it just became like that trickle thing of like a lot of Brazilians, a lot of Italians, a lot of French that just hadn't had their books published in the US. But when it comes to licensed books, yeah, it's, it's also a very similar scenario that if we're a small company and we think of how these Brazilians, Italians and French people, they, they gave us our break virtually their titles like we'd be nothing without necromorphous and these other titles mm -hmm. so like when we do these licensed titles with you know uh whatever companies netflix whoever we're doing them with um I, we feel like it's appropriate not because of the price but it's appropriate because of these guys that are fantastic artists and writers that just need a break that we can give them that break and um and then also it ties into the series that they did for us so then that helps us sell their creator own stuff with us so right that yeah that's like yeah you're, you're pretty much spot on why we look for those kind of people but there's it's weird like found footage is another book that um was like a weird book that we just had no idea wasn't why it wasn't published over here and it's doing fantastic it's uh it's like formatted like a vhs and it's just it's really weird man really cool though and um there's a lot of stuff coming out of other countries that are just perfect for our market That's... when did that book come out because i had heard about it but i never saw it at shops right found footage came out i think we did it right before halloween i think it was october 28th and um the second book is about to come out i think this october again we're going to do it so and it, it's it's crazy the first book it, it's really rad if you ever get a chance to get it it's only 9.99 160 pages it's that's, black and white but it's read. done in like it's done in like a landscape format so like our like what we're seeing here like the widescreen format mm -hmm. it's done each page is done that way and each page is virtually like a steal from a movie so it's really cool though it's done like found footage style where this guy's like holding the movie so it's from his perspective as well crazy like, oh that's uh, dope that sounds really like cute yeah that sounds there. really cool ryan just whoop, ryan just gave it to me so it's like it's packaged inside like a vhs box oh nice. um but then when you pull it out of course it's this way but um oh she's just somewhere off oh that's yes. dope that's yeah. awesome super rad little thing for 9.99 and there's uh, like limited editions but like the second one instead of going from like a like almost like a home invasion found footage the second one goes to like a game show and it's just it's crazy like it's like a love game show 
and insane shit happens on it. So you guys will dig that one too. And nine ninety nine again. So gotta look for that. Is it? Yeah, do, you, do you guys have a, like a website that we can go in mm -hmm. and purchase some of these books from? Yeah, yeah, it's behemothcomics.us. Um, we'll also digitally, we signed a deal with Comicsology recently, actually March 1st, um, tomorrow, oddly enough. Uh, our first digital books are going to be launching on there. Uh, Simon & Schuster, we started in March, and I think at the end of this year, we'll see. I mean, everything's going to be up for pre-order within, within a month, basically. You'll see a lot of our books on Amazon now, and Barnes & Noble, and stuff like that. So thankfully, will be more widespread than just to your comic shop or just behemothcomics.us. But behemothcomics.us is where a lot of these books now, if you want to get them in the meantime, but otherwise Amazon and stuff like that. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So um, an another quick thing, cause you brought up Gabriel just a little while ago. Um, so we hosted a an award show at the end of last year. <laughs> <laughs> you made super, that dude year, dude. You you made him so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was so much fun to do it. And then once we gave Gabriel, and, and by the way, that was AJ who who who, who actually yeah. fought for Gabriel. I did. He fought I did. hard for Gabriel. I was like, uh, well, let's go in this direction. And the only reason why but at, that t at that time I didn't read Necromorphous, um, I ended up reading Necromorphous just very recently. I'm like, okay, it, it totally earned it. <laughs> but, you know, at the time I was like, well, there's other book that I'm reading and he totally fought for it. So when we gave it to Gabriel, and Gabriel won the uh, Rookie of the Year writer um, for the Sealess Villains uh, award show. He found out about, about it online and he was so happy. He kept retagging us on Instagram and I was like, this is so awesome. We just made someone happy, but 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 at the same time, we don't have an actual award other than <laughs> other than <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so I think we really, really need to come up with something, guys, and send it over get to an Gabriel. Actual award next year. Yeah. Okay. It's, gonna, it's gonna be huge. Everyone's I, gonna get the award. I think yeah. I think what us four need to do for next year's award is just go to garage sales around here. And just pick up a bunch of just random soccer awards just customize customize but but for something like that i i you know because he was so vocal about it i i guys i really would like to send gabriel something okay if that's all right with you guys okay you gotta do it man you, you literally made that guy's year and like i don't know that, that was like the happiest thing of it like ever for him and uh yeah he really appreciated it especially like he showed me that or I showed him that I think actually, but um, I think you guys tagged us in it or something like that. Anyways, but I, I talked to him about it and like once we, we saw the other things that he peed out, <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> so that, that was pretty rad. That was pretty rad. And of course, we well, and his journey it. was really, what, 10 oh, years in the making the with that book? Yeah. I mean, he, he put in a lot of work. He published in Portuguese in what, 2014? Yeah, 2014. And he just, he put in a lot of work with that. It's really kind of his baby, I think. Yeah, he did. I think he did like one every, yeah, one every two years. I think it was like 2014, 16, 18, and like 2020 was the last issue. That So it was almost like it just now finished, you know? And then um, Abel, which is the artist on that. So besides Gabriel, Abel, the artist, he's now, I don't I don't know if I want to say because of that, because it's not probably true, but, um, or at least you know that DC knows it exists. And so he's now doing like Harley Quinn at DC. And then he's also got wow. a new series coming up at Image that he's doing that, you know, I was can't say anything about. But then... Thankfully, we got another series coming with him and Gabriel, so which is going to be really rad. I think people are going to dig that because it's basically like you're bringing back the team of Necromorphous, and which he's going to do. Hopefully, they're hoping because they have to finish that one first. Then they're going to do a second arc of Necromorphous. So nice. fingers crossed. So. Yeah, yeah, cause they can't leave us hanging the way they did. No, no it's, it's yeah, you got to keep there, going. There with is this. some. Uh... 
their their loose ends were not tied up on on, right. on the, those four issues. So. There were yeah. some themes in there that was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it it cracked me up whenever you sent that to me, and like I was going through it and just like flipping stuff. I was like, man, this looks amazing. And I was going through, and I get to this page, and I'm like, is that Tom Cruise? <laughs> I reached out <laughs> yeah. to him, and he's like. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if we could do that. The way he described it, I think, at the beginning of Necromorphous 1, where he's like, it's not about a certain person in Hollywood yeah, who follows Scientology at all. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey. It's not about Scientology, not about Tom Cruise. I don't even know who Tom Cruise is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that's a great series, man. So excited for that one. So excited for those guys. And even besides you, you guys like uh, giving Gabriel some praise. I've seen some elsewhere too, and it's really awesome. And just um, like I said, able at DC and Image, it's it's, it's crazy. Because I guess that that's that's the whole point of some of what we're doing is trying to get these guys elsewhere. You know, otherwise um, we're such a small company. That's 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 the point. Besides financially paying them, obviously. So. Right. Can you talk a little bit about you promised me darkness? Yeah, dude. Oh man, that, that one's a crazy one. So that guy. Um, he's from Argentina, Damien Connolly, and then there's uh, Anna. She's from uh, Argentina as well. Both those guys, I found. Oh, guys, one one's a girl, but um, I found Damien. I don't remember how I found Damien, but I found him. I think on Instagram. Yeah, so kind of like you were talking about Damien, but um, and then I reached out to him and just asked what he had. I was like, "You got anything, dude? I love your art style and stuff." And he told me it's kind of a crazy story. He he broke, I think, his wrist or broke his hand like oh, wow. a decade ago, and he has not done any art since then whatsoever wow and, um so all like there's a few series we picked up that were done like literally like almost a decade ago and but those he didn't do any of the art on so like we picked up like uh, there's a there's a book that we we published recently called the strange disappearance of barnabas jones which he wrote and he's been writing a bunch of stuff in the meantime the past 10 years but he hasn't yeah. done any art whatsoever not a, not a single bit of art and um only That's recently great. did he pick it up and his first series was You Promised Me Darkness, and he just started, it wasn't even that long ago, and he just started kind of like sketching some stuff and getting back in and then started doing some pages, and then all of a sudden, and now it's like every day I'll, I'll, I'll get like 10 covers from him, and he'll be like, hey, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this? And he's just like, he's going crazy at it right now. So you got You Promised Me Darkness, which is a four issue series. You got a spinoff called Disintegration, which I think is like three issues, and then you got the second arc of You Promised Me Darkness, and then you got another spinoff. Like this guy is just crazy. It's like he's he's found his love again of being able to draw, and his art is like almost like Frank Miller, like kind of like a nor Frank Miller and like Sean Phillips. It's really great art style, and um, I think people will dig it. Um, like I said, the sales on that. Well, like I haven't said that on camera, but like the sales for that were phenomenal. Came back uh, literally almost double our highest sales ever. Um, for a number one, which is crazy for us, uh, being in numbers of where they are. Yeah. So pretty rad. And, uh, and that's also another one that uh, a film deal is currently being shot for that one. So we have our fingers crossed. We have our agent at WME and uh, our manager at Grandview. They're working a deal on that one. So hopefully within a few months, maybe we'll have an announcement. But that oh, one's nice. going to be rad because it's multiple studios bidding for that one. That's going to be oh, which title is that again? Yeah. You promised me. Okay, for our listeners, oh, you promised me darkness. That's you promised me darkness is coming out from Behemoth Comics. It should April come out fourteenth. April fourteenth. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, I know I, the title alone. It. I, I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I want to yeah. get all the covers. <clears throat> 
available for this book. No, no. You know, you know, you know what my thing is. I'm, I'm going to buy all of these. Like, don't even worry about it, man. I, I'm taking care of all of them. They're, they're not going to be in any of the LCSs around here. I'm going to buy them all. Buy them all. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll be first in line for sure. I appreciate it. For our listeners, can you give us a bit of, uh, I guess, the plot of it so that they, they know a little bit of what they're getting into? Yeah, well, it's this idea that Haley's Comet, which, of course, is a, um, a true comet, and the idea is that it comes down every once in a while, and every once in a while that happens, the idea is that uh, people get special auras, and uh, Sebastian and Yuko, which are siblings, uh, brother and sister siblings, the idea is that they were two of them that got these special auras, but... Um, you know, as special abilities do, they also come at a cost, an unknown cost. And this unknown cost is this evil being known as the anti-everything. And uh, you'll see him, he, he's the guy with the gas mask, <laughs> the evil guy. And um, so the whole idea is him, with him is that he wants to get all these special auras for himself. So um, in like in fashion of kind of like It Follows and these other things that he's always kind of chasing after each people that were born with these special auras and to consume them, to basically eat them and get their special auras. So Yuko and Sebastian are kind of on the run um, and, it, and it deals with like a bunch of like, uh, you have like a Pythoness who is like, she's prophesized the end of the world involving Yuko and Sebastian. And so, yeah, it's this crazy plot. Um, it's rad though. This sounds very, this sounds very much inspired from anime. Are they hardcore in anime? Yeah, Dam Damien is for sure. Damien, Damien, like he, I, I don't know, he's he's really big into stuff like Sandman as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's got like this kind of yeah, so kind of like anime mixed with like like really dark stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds awesome. amazing. I, I I want all it's of good. this right there Dude, for it's sure. Great. It's a great and it, series, it, and it seems as though this is at least from what you're telling me, at least twenty issues in already as as far as a plot, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, for a eleven, you know. 12, 15 issues in. Yeah, he, he he's just grinding it out right now. And as well as working on other things. Like this guy's crazy. He's uh he's he's like doing covers for us on a couple licensed books right now. He's got a new series that we just had submitted to us from this Canadian writer. Damien's crazy, man. Awesome. Good guy. Uh, you know, I was wondering, um, because you've gotten into publishing comics. Has it ever come across your mind to create your own? Yeah, I think when I first started, that was like the idea is that myself, Ryan, a guy named Garrett, and a guy named Brent, we were all going to create our own comics. And um, that's what we wanted to do. And then it just became like financially putting like the 15,000 behind them and then having no distribution at the time. So like we knew that we needed to focus on the distribution. So it was easier to pick up other people's titles that were already done that had like the experience that then like we picked up like Osiris Path, which is these guys that are really talented guys that they've worked with like um, the character designer on Bob's Burgers and stuff. And like, uh, they've worked with like Action Lab. And then um, who else? You have uh, Dave Duanch who actually founded Action Lab. And you know, he's a uh, Dark Horse right now. He's got a series of Dark Horse. I guess I should plug him right now. I think it, yeah, I think it's in the catalog right now. It's called uh, Jenny Zero and it's with Dark Horse. It may have been in the last catalog. I think I'm, I think I'm a dick. I think it's in the last catalog and it's already <laughs> over, but I feel bad, but too late. Um, but yeah, Dave Duanch. And so anyways, we've we got a few of these people and then that's how we were able to pitch to Diamond. And so then now the whole idea is now that once we're in Diamond, now we're in also in Simon and Schuster. So things are financially a lot more profitable than they were. And so now, yeah, you're correct, AJ. The idea is maybe, I guess the, the more 
we go, the less time I have. <laughs> That's right, the problem. Right. And I'm like, I wish, but no time, no time. And you guys have started a new imprint, right? The Happy Tank Comics? Yeah, so we, we, we bought out a company called Amigo Comics, um, which they're, they're from Spain. They had done stuff like Nancy and Hell with Image and a few other things. And then eventually El Torres, uh, he went and started doing his own stuff and called it Amigo Comics. And then uh, uh, Corona hit him hard and we, we made like a deal with him for it to become an imprint. So we have them. We have uh, Happy Tank, which is this guy named Kevin Rotatelli. And he's a French Canadian and he's got like a bunch of rad like French series. Like he's got one called MFKZ, which is actually an anime on uh, Netflix. And you can even watch it right now on Netflix. Um, it's got like Giancarlo Esposito and Danny Trejo as voice actors. It's a really rad movie. And anyways, he's got the like the comic book adaptations of that. So he's got some really cool stuff that he came to us with. And we were like, yeah, dude, like we, we got to make you part of our studio. And then we have uh, another one that we're hoping to have like secured the deal soon. So fingers crossed on that. But yeah, multiple. Man, you guys are making some, some big moves over there. I, I love it. I love it. It's good times, yeah. Like you said, um, strike while the iron is hot. And uh, we have some really cool licensed stuff coming up, stuff from Netflix um, and a lot of other companies. So good stuff. A lot of video games. A um, couple movies in there as well, though. Are there any um, video games that you can uh, you know, hint about, about as far as what you guys <laughs> might be publishing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, think, I think there's... I think there's one that's um, it's a really rad video game. It, it sold millions of copies, and it, it's um, I think that's gonna be our first one. It's actually by the creators of Paranormal Hitman, um, which is a recent series we just released. Uh, that one's gonna be the first one announced, probably in like three to four months. And then we have we have a few things that we picked up from a really like probably the largest uh, game publisher that we picked up stuff from, and those are more of a ways off though. But those are probably like nine to twelve months out. out so good yeah. stuff. Good stuff though. But can't say. <laughs> so, being a new publisher, can can you give us, I guess, a rundown of the ups and downs of, you know, the business, the comic industry? You know, give a little bit of a, an insight to our listeners of what it really takes to, first of all, find the talent and, and create a successful comic book. Yeah, it's a lot of downs. I, well, it's the illusion that it's a lot of downs. I think that's the thing that we, we, me and Ryan both found is that we had to kind of focus on the positives. I think a lot of times that like we, we said that like when we first started, we were like, our goal is to get into Diamond. Once we get into Diamond, like we've accomplished everything. And then we got into Diamond and we completely forgot about that. Like we were depressed and like we were just talking about like, what's going on and stuff. And like maybe it was because of COVID or whatever it was, but we were like, man, like we already, we got to realize that we accomplished everything we set out to do already. And then, you know, then we were like, well, then we need to get into like a book distributor that distributes globally. And then we got into Simon & Schuster and we kind of like forgot about it, you know? And it's like, and then you start doing licensed stuff with Netflix and then you're working with these famous actors over here. Then you're working with this popular video game that you played like growing up. You're like, I played this video game. And you know, I would have never thought that, you know, we could write like a storyline as part of that video game and stuff. So I think the biggest thing to focus on the ups is to, set goals once you hit those goals acknowledge them celebrate them and reward yourself i think that's the biggest thing that we kind of failed at doing 
early on and we're trying to focus more so on is realizing that we are accomplishing things that we set out to do and things that we could have never imagined setting out to do. So I think that's a big thing. Otherwise, there's um, a lot of downs, but the downs are natural. They're, they're things that happen with starting any kind of company, um, like a lack of knowledge in a certain area or unable to afford to do um, some licensed project that you wish you could do right. or um, a series that you really put a lot of faith in and a lot of money in marketing wise doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. Um, different things like that. Um, those those are the downs and those can really get you down if you're not focusing on the ups. Um, but otherwise the day-to-day -day stuff is is a lot of a lot of work, a lot of dealing with the distributors. It's mainly focusing on comiXology, so the digital stuff and getting stuff ready for them, which entails different things than getting the digital files ready for print uh, for Diamond. And then you typically have to get the single issues ready for Diamond while you're getting stuff ready for like Simon & Schuster, the graphic novels. And the thing is, is like Simon & Schuster has like a different solicitation period, which is six months, whereas Diamond has like a four month. So you have to like manage all these crazy dates and times. And like I said, it, it's it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. So like working with the people that we do, like Gabriel, um, Damian Connolly, Anna, and uh, a lot of these people, those are some of the ups as well that we got to remind ourselves of. Um, a lot of the people that you work with and you meet along the way make it all worth it. How many, just out of curiosity, how many, I guess, creators, uh, unknown creators send you guys like solicitations for comics for them to put, to get, for the, for you to publish for them? It's a lot. It's, I think my phone has gone off like four times a day <laughs> during this. And I think every single one of them I was looking at were submissions and, um, we got one, two, three since we've been on this thing wow, for what, 30 that. minutes? Um, it's not like that normally. It's not, I'm, I'm stretching. That's, that's actually what's happened, but normally it's probably like one a day. And, you know, so you get like 30 a month and um, probably pick up one of those, maybe two. And it's tough. There's, there's a lot that you wish you could do. You just can't do, you know, because we have, we had like this rule of one new series a month. We want one number one. That gives us the opportunity to focus on that creator, that series, and to push it. And with the imprints, we've kind of moved beyond that. You know, each imprint can have their own number one now. But at Behemoth, the whole idea is to still have our one number one. So yeah, it kind of sucks. We get a lot of submissions, but can only pick up very few. And for you know any comic creators that want to get their books published, what? just for for behemoth comics what do you guys look for that way for anyone who's got that dream that they they is there a magic i mean obviously there isn't a magic formula but what could you suggest for them if there's a magic formula it's like a like a really long title <laughs> that's like really catchy like a girl walks on it now um <laughs> now um i don't know i think we're looking for something unique uh, you know some of our titles aren't necessarily unique but they're just really well written and good art so I guess we have kind of like a, a specific style. We look for adult, we look for horror, we look for graphic novels um, that can be turned into singles as well. Um, but even then, now that we're with Simon & Schuster, we can do some straight to graphic novel stuff as well. Um, but I think it kind of comes down to like a lot of the licensed stuff that we're doing. Um, video games, I think those are all, you know, sci-fi, horror, um, a little bit of fantasy, and then action, crime, maybe even drench a little comedy in there as well. So I think it's if, if it's in one of those genres, we'll always give it a shot and we'll always look at it. I think it's going to come down to is it well written and uh, is the art something that you know uh, we'd publish. 
and that we're picky on of course covers are right. really big for us and stuff like that because you only have so much cover space and um as luke knows it's like having a kind of shop you know you got to focus on what you what you put out there so i think it's like finding that right artist finding that right especially like uh, do you know who phoebe bridgers is nathan yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course I mean, obviously, phenomenally talented. Oh, yeah. um, one, obviously, one of the most talented songwriters of our time. Yep. But her producer, when, when he he said he knew it in the first song, mm. that he said he listened to one song. He said, "I've only done that with one other musician, and it was Beck." Yeah, like mid nineties. Oh, yeah. And I think that's it. Probably you can agree with that too. Like, you just know. Yeah. But there's an indefinable quality that you can't put on it. Because when you listen to Phoebe Bridger's music, you're like, that's that's crazily good. But it's like, there's a million like sprightly young women who play guitar and sing melodies, right? Yeah. But what is that indefinable quality that makes her so special? And that's that's what we're all looking for in this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's spot on. I think it, it, it you know, and, and for like for her, you know, you, you grab another producer who may have said something completely different, who may have not gone for her, or may have saw, listened to that one song and been like, eh, you know, it's not for me. And I think, yeah, there's just something that each of us individually are looking for and that we know that we can sell and uh, that fits what we see at our label. So yeah, there's like this indefinable thing to it, definitely. I mean, there... and, you, and how you guys put your like you're you're pushing this black and white i mean black and white has been around for obviously even before color mm. but it's oh, nobody's yeah. doing black and white to the extent you guys are and you're finding this niche that is being successful because you're filling a need it's like you're playing that song that nobody's playing and everyone <laughs> wants to listen to it yeah i was surprised when we did a girl walk someone at night there was a retailer there's few retailers that i went and asked like because that's the thing we always joke about. I always guess the sales and we have like a spreadsheet where I put the numbers in and like just to try to plan ahead of time what they should be and where they should be. And it's almost become like an ongoing joke between us of how like spot on I can be. There was one even like Hotline Miami we joked about where I was off by one number, one issue. Oh man. And um, you're, you're talking about like we sold like almost 7,000 or 6,700 and I was off by one copy. And anyways, yeah. it was like, it became like a joke. And But like with the girl walks home on 109, I was like, okay, well it's black and white. It's an older movie. Um, you know, the, the artist hasn't worked in the comic book industry before, and I guess 2,500 copies, and it ended up selling like almost 14,000. And I was like, wow, how did I screw that up so bad? <laughs> and so I started going to retailers and asking, and the, the one thing retailers said is like, it's nobody else is doing it. Like, there's nothing like it on the market. It's, and it's like, there's a big 90s revival right now, I guess. I, I haven't seen it too much, but I've been hearing that that's a thing. There, and they there said, is. Yeah, they there said it reminds them. Revival. Yeah. yeah, and they said it reminds them of like '90s Dark Horse with like Sin City and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I, if if that's what it is, and that's what it is, and then so yeah, with stuff like You Promised Me Darkness, that's that's more of the same. It's more of like this '90s kind of Dark Horse stuff. So if that's what's in, thank God, like we didn't expect it. So <laughs> I'll take it. It's having a resurgence. Two nights ago, I did a, I did a sale, and I'm selling like Union Number One. Um, I'm selling, you know. My, my old Dark Hawks, profit number one. Like I haven't been able to sell these books for years. <laughs> and now people are like, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah. I'm like, wait, really? I have like like four of each of those books that you just said. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and I was selling out. Like, I sold three, 400 books that night that, that um, wow. I haven't been able to move in years. 
So well, hold on to those with, 90s books. That's what I say. Yeah. You're seeing that with like Pokemon though. Like the Pokemon yeah. cards are going crazy right now. The like even basketball cards and stuff. Oh yeah. It's, it's this weird, I don't know what it is. It scares me you know, like on whether or not it's uh, like a temporary thing. Cause you have these things like where it's like um, just a weird temporary thing that goes on for a few months and then people move on to the next thing. But I, I have a feeling it's a revival and I hope it is. I'm calling it a golden age. I'm calling it a golden age. We're entering into, into this like amalgamation of culture and cinema and television and comics and how comics have become like the storyboards for all of this entertainment, right? Right. And that's why these studios are coming in and gobbling up. And I'm even like thinking of you guys, like I would even paw, like a studio comes in. I'm like, let me just, let's take a beat. Like we're just not, on. Yeah. like it's gonna sell. Like we're not, we're not just gonna like sell it to the lowest bidder though, because right. it will, I think studios come in and they just buy like a slate of programs and then they put it in a drawer and then they pick one. They're like, haha, we're gonna do and they, they, like we'll do this one now <laughs> yeah that's true now um as far as the comic book side of things i mean the trepidation of starting the comic book company was there any at all or, or did you guys just go fully gung-ho and and not worry about the repercussions of like because at the time like for a while it seemed as though comic books were dying mm-hmm. so yeah. There, there was a little trepidation. I think, I think we always felt like we could carve out a little niche. It was just whether or not we could release like two titles a month or four titles. And I think that was like a, a thing of ours. We didn't know how much we could carve out because like you said, how much is left and especially yeah. how many new publishers launch every year. Like, you know, we thought we were launching, like the reason why we chose to launch when we did is we thought we were launching when nobody was new. And then the next day, like, People are like, oh, AWA, this new studio that's like massive from these formal Marvel guys. And they launched the exact same month we did, by the way, like literally in the catalog, the same time we were like, wow, well, fuck you guys. And so, <laughs> so we're, like, we're coming for you. Like, yeah. I, I haven't yeah. even heard that's of there. AWA. I've never heard. I haven't seen any of They're the ones comments. that do erratic. Yeah. Uh, Not that I don't, okay. I don't collect that at all. Dude, they, dude, see, now you, like, I fought, and then I, we met him at Comics Pro, and, like, Axel Alonso, who is their, like, the former, I think he's a former publisher, even at uh, Marvel. Yeah, I think at Marvel, yeah. Yeah, and, dude, they, they are taking off like crazy. They do, like, a lot of really good stuff, but they're exclusive with Diamond, so, like, a lot of their books you won't see in, um, other places that you can find them. I don't think Diamond has that kind of, like, widespread book market as, like, Simon & Schuster and Penguin, but, um, dude, a lot of their stuff is selling, like, crazy. They were, um, even at Comics Pro, they were the number one most viewed booth there. I think they were number one. Aftershock was number two. We were number three. Lucky us. I don't know how, but we did it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, AWA was number one, man. I think, I don't know. I, th- I think that's a little bit of an alphabetical order thing, though. <laughs> you kind of go down the list, you're like, there's something going on there. So, But we'll take it. We'll take it. And just have that tunnel vision of like, you know what? They're doing their thing. Good for them. We're doing our thing. Totally. There's just you know what there's plenty of pie to go around and who whoever uh, can can stay till the end is uh is going to be successful so yeah yeah and like like, well, like you guys said we're carving out something a little different um we're playing a little bit off of that nostalgia so that gets a little bit of a, a nerve-wracking thing that um if that changes then how do we evolve with it but i think that's something that uh, being that we're aware of it and we're 
knowledgeable of it. And that's not our entire catalog. You know, we do have stuff like full color and then like some of the licensed stuff we have, obviously is it's completely different. So, but um, yeah, we have our own little thing going on. So we, we feel safe. So I don't, so I don't think there was like a little, even an ounce of trepidation. I think they like, we felt confident um, that we could carve out even just like a small thing. We didn't expect it to, um, I don't want to say blow up because I don't want to pretend like we're some massive company, but you know, to do as successful as we, we have, with like Simon and Schuster and stuff like that. I don't think we ever expected it. So sure. we're fortunate, but we didn't. So I think that's why there was no trepidation. We never expected to be big in the first place. I think that helped. Right. What can we look forward to coming into this year and, and 2022 and the, the next few years? Well, there's a lot of follow-ups to stuff that we did early on, like Necromorphous, hopefully again. Um, and then there's a lot more licensed stuff. I think that's the big thing with us that you'll see some stuff that you, you have recognized on Netflix and other things like that. I think that'll help us kind of expand. Um, I think there is more of what it seems like people have enjoyed so far, the black and white stuff. Like I said, you promised me darkness. We're doubling down on that. Um, we do have more series from Damian Connolly. We do have um, more from Gabriel, even besides Necromorphous and stuff like that. So I think it's more of the same. Um, and then I think expanding on it. I think, uh, so with like, like I said, with like the license stuff, I think that becomes like a really big portion that we did early on with like a Girl Walks Alone at Night and Hotline Miami Wildlife. And then we had some other stuff that we did even before that, um, that I think with how successful those are, we really want to push forward on license stuff, but not forgetting the creator on stuff because stuff like Necromorphous and You Promised Me Darkness has given our, our, us our, absolutely our best eyes on what we're doing. So nice. um, so more of the same. Um, and I think that's what we want to do for here on for 20 years from now, more of the same. As far as Necromorphous, um, I know that you guys, that that the creators are working on uh, the next, I guess, volume for that. Is there any time frame in when we can see those books coming out? You got that next series, which is called Savants of Sounds, um, done by Gabriel and Abel. Um, so the creative team, he's, I think, two issues into that now. So I think there's two more they're going to do. Um, Abel got sidetracked by that series at Image, um, which understandably so. Right. It's a big opportunity. And then also sidetracked by the uh, Harley Quinn series. So those two things kind of sidetracked and move things back a little bit. So once Savants and Sounds finishes up, hopefully within the next six months, I think that's when Necromorphous will start to like kind of trickle out um again in the same format so i think 2022 for that one seven to sounds will probably debut at the end of this year awesome yeah. um with that being said i know that e-man has got some rapid fire you know i know that you guys you have to go but um e-man does have some rapid fire questions bring them man bring them rapid fire questions nathan this is for our listeners and for your fans to get to know you a little bit better so i have some silly some fun questions here uh yeah. They're gonna come at you quick, so you're gonna ask, answer them as quickly as you can. All right, my friend. Got it. Ready? Go. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. Favorite Give vacation Coke. destination? Uh, Tokyo. Uh, favorite video Tokyo game nice. in the last five years? Um, Fallout Four. Favorite junk food to get the creative juices going? Uh, Doritos. Left sock or right sock first? Dude, that's a weird question. Less suck. <laughs> First concert attended. First? First. Um, Chevelle. Biggest project you're most excited for in 2021? Netflix movie adaptation unannounced yet. First purchase after winning the lottery? Mm, drugs. Let's go for it. <laughs> 
King size off. prime rib or a behemoth size ribeye? Behemoth size ribeye. What are you talking? And about? one <laughs> last question: Are things really bigger in Texas? Everywhere. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking of right now, the answer is yes. <laughs> Those are the 10 right there, Nathan. Hey, thanks a lot for playing along with that one right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> and again, right uh, <laughs> Nathan, we want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule, man. Dude, yeah. Um, we are looking for, forward to everything that's coming out with Behemoth Comics. And uh, from what it sounds like, you guys are going to just keep growing and growing. And then hopefully um, the next time we get you on, it'll be more and more success to you guys. Well, same to you guys. Um, like I said, I, I first, I, I think you guys shared something early on and then I saw the award show. You caught that, obviously. That was awesome. <laughs> That's the most classy award show. Um, <laughs> but, and, and honestly, like I said, I, we, trust me, it means more than you guys know with like Necromorphous and like Gabriel and stuff like that. It, it means a lot to those people and to us, obviously. We're a small company. We don't get a lot of um, awards. So anyways, um, yeah, we'll see you guys and then uh, you guys will be bigger than us before long dude we, we definitely want you back on the show so yeah, as soon as like man. as soon as some more of these bigger big hitters come out and then after the netflix announcement man i'd love for you to come back on board okay dude, anytime anytime man thanks again for listening to another episode of the seedless villains podcast your cultivators of the comic culture make sure you follow us on facebook and email us at seedlessvillains at gmail.com you can also leave us a voicemail or text us at 209-975-7597. Be sure to join Luke Week's Facebook group, Rare Keys and First Appearance Comics. And you can follow us on our two Instagram accounts, Sealess Villains and Sealess Villains Podcast. Lastly, follow the villains on their separate IG accounts, at Luke Weeks, at Sealess Villainous Red, at Sealess E-Man, and I am at AJ the Comic Collector. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next episode.